Coming up on the Week 8 pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, St. Joe Christian is making the move back to eight-man football. We have co-superintendent Danny Magger to explain all that. And the Highway 71 showdown enters another installment. Can Savannah finally knock off Maryville? And we have KQ2's Chris Roush to discuss this game and so much more on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 8 pregame show. Welcome, everybody, to the first segment of the Cliff Dotes Podcast Week 8 pregame show. I am your host, Cliff DeGrooms. We got a lot to get into. We got some big games to preview. We got some news to share. And we got some scores to run down. So let's run down some scores here. Let's not waste any time. Let's run down some scores from Week 7 of high school football. And a thrilling game that came down to the very end. The Camber Dragons were able to survive Lafayette. 34-33 was the final there. St. Pius was able to defeat Benton 47-7. LeBlanc 36, Northwest Nottaway 14. Savannah gets her fourth straight victory over Chillicothe 37-8. And Maryville, a huge victory for them over Lincoln Prep 49-10 was the final there. Now before we start previewing some games for this week, we got a little bit of news to share. On Friday, um, St. Joe Christian announced that they will end their co-op with Northland Christian out of Kansas City and return to the eight-man level of football starting in the 2021 season. The Lions have been to five state championship games between 2004 and 2010 while winning a championship in 2006. So I had an opportunity earlier this week to talk to the co-superintendent at St. Joe Christian, Danny Maggart, about the move, conference affiliation, and then all kinds of other stuff. So here's our interview with Danny Maggart right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We got St. Joe Christian co-superintendent Danny Maggard on the line with us. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing good. I am doing great. Um, thank you so much for asking. Well, um, St. Joe Christian has been in the news um since last weekend. Um, you guys announced that um you guys are going to be ending your co-op with um Northland Christian and returning to the eight-man level of football starting in the 2021 season. Uh, why the move back to eight-man? Well, we uh, it was two years ago, and, uh, you know, our numbers were were really down where we were not going to be able to uh, really support um, an eight-man team even. We just uh, – it's kind of bizarre. Our enrollment's been really up at our school, but just fewer and fewer guys wanting to play football. And so, you know, we explored uh, different options, and um, we wanted to – keep our program intact uh, for those guys that wanted to play and um, Northland approached us. They were just wanting to start a program and they were interested in a co-op. And so we just got to talking about it and, uh, you know, decided we would, we would do that. You know, with that came the kind of at the time excitement and also challenge of the fact that we were going to have to go to 11 man due to our combined enrollment. You know, a lot of people have, uh, have kind of said, you know, um, man, it was a bad idea to go 11 man, but, uh, you know, it was kind of either, okay, we don't have football at all, or we, uh, we have to play 11 man by co-oping with another school because of the combined enrollments, um, that was required, required with Misha. So, um, so we decided to go that route. Um, we knew there would be some challenges along the way, especially with Northland having to travel up here every day. But, uh, but you know, they, their kids and their their coaches they've been just tremendous just great attitudes about it all and um 
So last year, uh, of course, was the first year of it. And, um, you know, of course, a co-op's a year-by-year basis. And we decided to try it for another year. And, um, you know, it's been a little bit more challenging. You know, COVID definitely didn't help, hasn't helped anybody per se. But um, but we didn't get the numbers, um, you know, that we were expecting from them. And um, so, you know, we've definitely, it's been a challenge. I mean, we've had, uh, you know, haven't been real competitive on the football field. And, um and so, you know, that's been something that um, ha- has really been the only downfall. The the other pieces, like I said, have been just uh, tremendous. Our coaches have been great, Coach Shank and, and all the assistants. And, and like I said, the kids' attitudes have just been tremendous. But, uh, you know, our numbers haven't been what we needed them to be, to be competitive at 11-man. And, um, you know, we knew going in that, uh, you know, again, the challenge for, you know, their travel was going to uh, – be something we just have to keep an eye on and so so we talked with them a couple of weeks ago as we just kind of evaluated the program and and uh, you know we just decided that looked at different options one of those being that we go you know we each have our 11-man pro or our eight-man programs and so that was the decision um, that we uh, decided to make so um, you know it's kind of bittersweet because we've enjoyed the um, relationship with them but uh, you know at the same time it's uh you know, it's time that we get back to having just our, our own program and, and building it from the ground up again. Well, Coach, another thing that I wanted to ask as far as the uh, eight-man move, um, you guys spent some time in the Grand River Conference, and uh, obviously you guys were in the old Platte Valley Conference there. Um, was, have there been any plans at least over the last couple of weeks of maybe getting into a conference for next season or somewhere down the line? So next season, um, it's kind of the, the second year of a rotation for the different conference schedules, um, particularly with the Grand River Conference, which we are still a part of when it comes to, you know, basketball, track and field, uh, baseball, and, and um, you know, Scholar Bowl and other activities. And so we, we have not been in that conference since we went to um, the co-op with 11-man. But uh, I know that there's meetings coming up um, in the next couple of weeks where um it'll continue to be discussed and you know i would i would expect that we would probably be able to get back in the eight-man rotation not next year but the but the following year um in the grand river conference and so you know that's certainly not a guarantee it'll have to be uh, voted upon by the conference but um but i think we're in good standing with them and we've been open about it when we went to you know the 11-man situation of, of why we were doing that so um, so I would expect us to be most likely back in the in the GRC, and, and if not, you know, it, we'll uh, we'll be having an independent schedule like we've had for years as well. So, um, but the good thing about that is there's a lot more eight-man teams playing football these days than uh, you know several years ago. I remember you know back even ten years ago there was maybe 18 or 19 teams in Missouri playing eight-man football, and now there's I believe more than 30 teams playing eight-man football. So hopefully our, our schedule would be uh, would be easier to get a schedule than it used to be in the past. Well, absolutely. Uh, pro- in 2021, you could add two more teams to the mix there. Um, well, uh, Danny, no, the last question that I want to ask you, um, talking about eight-man football and talking about this move, you guys have had a tremendous history as far as eight-man football, especially in the 2000s when you're talking about the state title in 2006 and all the state championship appearances in between then. With all that history going there, does that kind of create excitement for the kids that are in the high school and even maybe some of the younger kids, like the middle school kids? Well, I think it, it's something that, you know, uh, 
the, the big a lot of positives can come from that. It's it's it shows that you know it's possible for you know a school like ours to have success um, on the field as far as what the scoreboard says. And um, so you know I think I think the kids you know the experience that they've had with eleven man, which again hasn't been um, I wouldn't say it's been a negative experience at all. You know again the scoreboards have certainly not <laughs> the competitive nature has not been there. But I think that they'll see that hey if we work hard. Um, you know, it might be a little easier to compete at the eight-man level, and we're at a school that's had a, a tradition with that. A lot of these kids, um, you know, weren't around. Um, well, some of them weren't even born yet when we when we won in 2006, which is kind of scary to think about. But um, um, but yeah, I think there's still that tradition there. You know, you walk in our gym and you see those uh, banners up on the wall, particularly that state championship banner, and um, you know, there's a few of us still around that uh, remember those days, and um, so, you know, I think it's I think it's bittersweet. I think it's uh, one of those things that the kids will will be excited about um, to get back to the eight man game, and um, you know, it's kind of like starting uh, starting new at the same time. So, but yeah, I think there's definitely going to be some excitement about that. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. I'm definitely excited about this move. Definitely. Um, well, Danny, I want to thank you so much for um, taking time to um, come on the podcast. I know that you've done several interviews this weekend, and um, I want to thank you once again for coming on and uh, giving me just a few minutes of your time. And um, good luck to you and the administration as far as making that move and everything final. All right. Well, we appreciate the coverage, and uh, thanks for your for your podcast. And a huge thank you to St. Joe Christian Co-Superintendent Danny Bagger for joining the show. Very, very much appreciated. Now let's move on to St. Joe Christian in 2020. They got two more games on the schedule coming up. Both of them are at home. It starts with this Friday night against St. Mary's Academy. They are 5-0. They're out of the Kansas Christian Athletic Association. It's a conference there, so they're 5-0 there. The Lions are 0-4 in the season. We had an opportunity to talk to Coach Troy Shank. Reviewing their game two weeks ago against Marceline and talk about this matchup against St. Mary's. Here's our interview with Coach Troy Shank right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. It's the week eight pregame show. We got St. Joe Christian head coach Troy Shank with us. Coach, how you doing? Clifton, great, man. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to a week of football where we end the week of a game. So we're excited. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited, too. Um, Coach, uh, I know we haven't talked in a couple weeks. Um, yeah. I know uh, you guys haven't been on the field in a couple weeks. Uh, let's talk about um, the week six game. It was against Marceline. It was a, a 58-14 game. Um, just walk us through the game, Coach. Yeah, you know, um, I know this is going to be crazy and sound a little bit crazy, but um, Marceline's probably the best team that we've seen so far this year, um, in my opinion. And um, I would say that, um, you know, we probably, even though the score is really lopsided, um, you know, we probably played um, our best game start to finish. I know it seems weird to say that with a 58 to 14, you know, spread, but, you know, we play um, in the game with two seniors and two juniors and the rest are freshmen and sophomores. And so, you know, those guys are growing up and we move the ball at times really well. And we made some big plays in the second half. And our defense, um, you know, actually um, had some stops and did some nice things. And so um, as a complete game, obviously, that's not the score you want. Uh, but I'll, I'll give Marceline their, their due. Um, they're a really well-coached team. 
and their players really played hard and, you know, it was their homecoming. So they, they're, they're, they're a really good team in class one. Well, coach, uh, I, it's got to feel good definitely to be back at home. Um, it should be the, I think it's the first home game since your week one game. So, um, yep. You're going to be at home against St. Mary's Academy. It's school that I, to be honest with you, I really don't know too much about. So, right. um, can you provide a scouting report from what you've seen from them, and um, what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Yeah, I, I really do. Um, they're a good team, and uh, they ended up beating us last year. And um, but they're going to be, you know, as far as talent, I think um, the closest matchup we've had this year. And we're excited about that. Um, and so we're excited um, numbers wise, you know, they match up, they're a smaller school. And so, um, you know, I feel like it's gonna be a good matchup for us. And it's gonna be a real litmus test um, for us to see exactly, you know, how much better our kids have gotten this year. And so it's it's been a long time on the road. Like you said, we've played Maysville first week and then, you know, we've been a long time since we've had a home game. And so we got homecoming this week and it's going to double as our senior night. And so our kids are going to be excited. Um, there's going to be a cool atmosphere. And, you know, um, both Northland Christian and um, St. Joe Christian are going to bring in a lot of fans and um, should be a really fun game. Oh, absolutely. It should be very exciting. You know, I bet you the, uh, the student body from both schools, you know, they've been waiting for you guys to get back at home. So I bet you they're probably super excited and ready to go to finally see you guys back at home. So, um, Coach, um, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on, um, coming on the show and uh, taking time with me um, like you have this season. And uh, good luck to you and your kids on Friday. Thanks, Clifford. Have a good weekend. And a huge thank you for Coach Troy Shank out of St. Joe Christian for coming on the show. Let's move on to the biggest high school in St. Joseph. That is St. Joseph Central. They got a day or at you returning to the field this week after last week's game against Smithville was canceled due to COVID-related issues. They are back on the field this week against conference rival Staley. We had an opportunity to co talk to head coach Reggie Trotter about both those things and more. Here's our interview with Coach Reggie Trotter right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week 8 pregame show. we got Central Indian Coach Reggie Trotter back with us. How you doing, Coach? You know what? I'm doing pretty good. Much better this week. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you up, Coach. Um, no game no game last week. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, let's talk about the uh, Week 6 game. Um, it was a home game against Oak Park. Um, guys really fought until the very end of that game, but came up short on the scoreboard, 46-24. to 24. Um, Talk about that ball game. You know, we uh, we played well um, and, and spurts. You know, in the first half, we did not play very good um, against a, a really physical team. We didn't match their physicality defensively. Um, and that's something that hurt us early on. Uh, second half, we played much better uh, and, and we were able to hold them down a little bit uh, with the exception of a couple, a couple big runs that they had late. But uh, the kids really played hard and competed well. Uh, Stone really had a really good game. And, and threw the ball around like we knew we could. We still have to be able to run the ball a little better, uh, but that comes with, you know, missing guys as well. Well, absolutely, Coach. Uh, that's, um, that's definitely a key thing. You guys you guys didn't quit, fought until the very end, um, and you guys really showed showed some, big, some, showed some big progress in my eyes, definitely, from the last couple of weeks. So that was definitely a good thing. But, um, Coach, you get an opportunity to get back on the field this week. Um Last week, you guys weren't able to get on the field against Smithville. Um, 
Talk about that a little bit and talk about uh, this week's opponent, um, Staley, as far as the scouting report. Okay, well, we, you know, last week, not being able to play that Smithville game really hurt. Uh, we had uh, hit with a uh, quarantine bug. Uh, we were fortunate enough not to have any of our kids uh, test positive in that that whole situation, but uh, quarantine is quarantine, and those guys had to sit out, you know, and um, we were missing, you know, we were going to miss too many guys at key spots, um, you know, that would that would really prevent us from keeping kids healthy, and that's the biggest thing. You know, you can play receivers all over the place. Uh, you can play DBs. You can play linebackers at different place, but when you, when you get hit on the offensive line, uh, we only had one healthy quarterback. Uh, when you play in against uh, anybody, let alone a, a very physical program like Smithville, um, it, it's really going to be detrimental to your team. And we didn't we didn't feel like it was a, a, a place for us to be able to do that last week. Uh, this week, you know, it it's doesn't get any easier. We play a, a, a tough Staley team who, by their standards, are down. Uh, but you watch them on film; they're they're a very good football team, and we're going to look for a a good physical matchup as well. Well, Coach, it's definitely good to see you guys back on the field this week. It seems like you guys are getting a little healthier as far as that, and that's a good sign. So, um, Coach, I want to thank you so much again for um, giving us your time here, and um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Thanks a lot, Clifton. We're definitely going to need it, but uh, I appreciate it. And a huge thank you always to head coach Reggie Trotter for joining the show. Um, last game that we're going to do before we move on to MEC teams in the city and in the area, we got Schuyler County at Bishop LeBlanc this week. Eagles have won two straight games and three out of the last four. They're going to be taking on Schuyler County this week. We had an opportunity to talk with head coach Chuck Davis about last week's game against Northwest Nottaway, and we'll preview the big matchup with the Rams. Here's our interview with LeBlanc coach Chuck Davis right now. And we're back here on the Week 8 pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We've got Bishop LeVon head coach Chuck Davis back with us. How you doing, coach? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Another week of football. Coach, uh, two wins in a row, uh, including last week's game against Northwest uh, against Northwest Nottaway, a 36-14 win. Just walk us through the game. Man, it was exciting. That was, that was fun football. Uh, I think – it was a lot closer than the score might have you believe, but, you know, both teams, it's kind of a battle of opposites. You know, they were a hard running kind of pound the football type team. And we kind of played with a little more finesse and depended on our skill guys a little more, but you know, they, had a, they had a freshman running back that was just a bruiser. So, um, you know, our defense really, really stepped up and, I told their coach after the game, I think they may have set some sort of Missouri record for most yards in a game for the fewest points because we took Ben don't break and bent that to the limits. They they, they really did. I mean, we had two four-down stops in the red zone. There was one that they had first and goal from their own two-yard line that we found a way to just keep them out. So – Proud of our guys. It was a hard-fought win against a, a, a really tough football team. Well, Coach, uh, definitely, like I mentioned, you know, two wins in a row, uh, three out of the last four. Uh, Coach, um, we, let's talk about this week's opponent. we got Schuyler County coming up. Um, talk about what you've seen on the scouting report from them and um, what can we expect on Friday? I think it's going to be another uh, tough, physical run the football team. 
They got a quarterback that's built like your prototypical offensive pulling guard. He's just big, looks like a bruiser. So um, it's going to be four quarters of hard-nosed football. So I I think our kids are ready to bring it because that's what it's going to take. And definitely, absolutely, definitely. Uh, how um the last question that I want to ask you definitely uh with these uh with these wins really starting to pile up. How has the confidence really been, or just you know that you know your kids can play and they can win. You know they can play with anybody. It's definitely uh it's critical really coming into districts because we have a we have a big emphasis on watching film. So every Saturday we meet do a little workout, and then we watch film as a team. And you can see on film that the mental errors that we made week one, we're not making as many as of right now. And all of our mental errors have translated into points or turnovers for the other team. And so the the more we can learn and get a couple wins under our belt, our confidence is growing because we're more familiar with our program, the systems that we're running on offense, our schemes on defense, and everybody's kind of buying in. And I think the last three weeks, this week included, our scout team has taken leaps and bounds. And I, uh, it's funny, I kind of owe part of that to Archie. Uh, they they came in and we played them tough, but they got they got the, the win. And after the game, in front of my team, I asked one of their players, "said What do you guys do?" I mean. You guys just eat raw meat before practice and get after it. And the kids started laughing. He said, no, coach, our scout team is just really good. So some of our younger guys heard that, the credit that their varsity starters were given to their backups. And it's something just mentally clicked. Like they they have to bring it harder at practice. So we have a big emphasis. Every week we hand out a scout team player of the week award. They get a T-shirt. It's kind of a – like that's their Saturday award that they can get. And so with those guys starting to finally step up, we're getting a lot better looks at practice. And I, I attribute that to a lot of our success here lately. Well, Coach, uh, definitely one of the biggest things, you know, in any aspect of life, whether it's coaching or whether, you know, it's doing a podcast like I do, is being coachable and teachable. Absolutely. Those are the – I think those are two of the most important thing qualities that you can have in any aspect, whether it's a job, whether it's – a football team, no matter what, Coach. And um, I'm glad you guys are seeing good success on the field here so far. And um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Hey, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do. You're really doing a, a great job. That was Bishop LeBlanc, head coach Chuck Davis. It's always great to have him on the show. Now, before we um, run down the NBC standings and the games in the NBC, let's take a quick break real quick. And then after that, we'll run down the NBC standings. We'll preview the Highway 71 showdown between Maryville and Savannah and all the city games and so much more on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 8 pregame show. And welcome back to the Week 8 pregame show. Now, let's run down the standings of the Midland Empire Conference. We had a few moving parts, so we'll go ahead and we'll run those down for you. St. Pius is still at the top of the conference with a 4-0 record in the NBC and a 6-0 record overall. Savannah, they are 3-0 in the conference, 4-1 overall. Maryville, 3-1 in the conference, 4-3 overall. Cameron, 2-3, 4-3 overall. Lafayette at 2-2 in the conference, 3-3 overall. Benton, 0-2 in the conference, 1-4 overall. And Chillicothe, 0-5, 0-7 overall. 
Now let's go ahead, let's move on to the MEC schedule for week eight. The first game that we're going to preview here is Lafayette at St. Pius. Irish trying to get to above 500 in the conference and overall. A win against the Warriors would definitely help their cause here. At St. Pius, they are the home team here. They're going to be looking to keep their perfect record intact and their hopes alive for an outright conference championship. Now we had an opportunity to talk to Fighting Irish head coach Eric McDowell about this game and last week's game against Cameron. Here's our interview with Coach Eric McDowell right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 8 pregame show. We got a Lafayette Fighting Irish head coach Eric McDowell back with us. How you doing, Coach? Doing well. Good to be talking to you again. Always, Coach. Always very, very likewise. Um, coach, um, a thrilling game in Cameron on Friday night. Um, 34-33 was the final there. Um, it was definitely a tough one to be on the short end of it. A thrilling game. Um, just walk us through the game. Well, you know, we we actually came out and sputtered a little bit offensively. We we ended up with three interceptions in the first half, and we only ended up scoring, I think, on one of those three turnovers. And uh, we were up 13-7 at halftime. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, we, we, uh, we played pretty good offensively and defensively. But second half, you know, for one reason or another, we, we did not – play very well uh, on special teams and the good thing about it is is uh, yes we did give up some special teams touchdowns which is a first in my career but the good thing is is that uh, they were very very fixable things and it was things that we were you know it wasn't really necessarily anything anyone else was doing crazy it was just us not doing what we needed to do so we'll get those things fixed this week be good to go for this week well, Coach, you got a great opportunity to do that this week. I feel like, you know, it's the tail end of the season. It's the tail end of the MEC championship race. You got, you're got you at St. Pius this Friday night, um, the number one team in the conference. Um, talk about what you've seen on film from the Warriors and uh, what can we expect on this, from this football game on Friday? Well, offensively, they have some, some very good playmakers. Uh, they throw the ball very well, and they have uh, receivers who can definitely make the big play happen. And, they can grind out a little bit of a run game too, and so uh, uh, to keep them balanced. So they really have a lot of big play capability offensively, and they have a quarterback who, really, honestly, it's not very often you see a quarterback who uh, throws the ball as as well as he does, and receivers that catch as well. We have similar styles, I guess you would say, uh, their offense and our offense. But defensively, man, they really get after it, and they really try to force you into bad situations and turnovers. I think they have – I may be wrong, maybe it's only five, but I think they have six defensive touchdowns on the season already. Um, and it may be more. I haven't watched every single one of the games, just the last five. And so, you know, it's – they are very opportunistic and they, they really thrive on the big play. So, very, very sharp this week to make sure that we can limit their big plays on offense. And um, from our offensive standpoint, make sure we try to – you know, take what they give us and not get too greedy and just, uh, you know, uh, uh, make plays when we can and keep the game um, in check. Well, Coach, uh, I think it'll be – I think it should be a tremendous ball game on Friday night, two tremendous football teams. Um, Coach, um, I want to thank you so much again for coming on the show, you know, every single week coming on, giving me a few minutes of your time. It truly is appreciated. And um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. All right. Thanks for covering us as well. It means a lot to everybody. A huge thank you to Lafayette head coach Eric McDowell for joining the show. Lafayette is at St. Pius this Friday night. Another game that's going to be uh, involving city teams is going to be Cameron and Benton. 
Dragons coming off that big victory against Lafayette. A game ceiling interception is what ended the game for Cameron. Last week, we had an opportunity to talk to head coach Jeff Wallace about that wild game last week and of his scouting report on the Cardinals. Here's coach Jeff Wallace right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. It's the week eight pregame show. We got Cameron Dragon coach Jeff Wallace on. How you doing, coach? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, coach, about a thrilling of a win as you could get. 34 to 33 over Lafayette. Really, um... Just a great football game all around. Some clutch plays, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, coach, just walk us through the game. Well, I'll tell you what. Lafayette's an awful good football team. They've got some serious skill kids that can play pretty big up front. And they, they're just well coached. They really are. They uh, they do things right. So, you know, we you look for teams and different things you think that you can get on somebody. It was tough for us to find a whole lot of things we thought we could we could attack a weakness, if you will. We just didn't see a lot of that. But it was a back-and-forth game. I want to say we had five lead changes throughout the game. Uh, we had three special teams touchdowns, which you don't see very often. Ty Spear had a kickoff and a punt return for a touchdown. Tanner Riley had a kickoff return for a touchdown off of proud of him. Uh, you know, and we just we just kept fighting, kept scrapping, kept clawing, kept clawing and uh, it was, I'm sure, an awesome game to watch. Well, Coach, I mean, you got the big win on homecoming. Uh, you got uh, you got some players back. You got Ty Campbell back. You got Dom Hurst back. How big was it to get those guys back well, after the last couple of weeks? I was everything. I mean, it was absolutely everything. You know, we had the equivalent of 10 starters out a week ago, get beat 69-14 by, by Savannah, and then we get those kids back, the bulk of which we didn't get back till Thursday, so they had one practice for Lafayette, but – you saw the difference that it made. I don't think the Lafayette Savannah score, I want to say, was 21 20. Uh, and then, you know, our last two weeks shows you the difference that it makes to have kids back on the field. Yeah, but it's something that all of us are probably are having to deal with at one point or another. We're just happy to have our kids back. Well, coach, you get an opportunity to uh, build off this win. This is a big win in the NEC for you guys. Um, this week, you're going to St. Joe to take on a, a bitten football team who just, like you said, it happened to everybody. They're just, they just resumed the play last week against St. Pius. Now you got to go face Bitten. What have you seen from the Cardinals, and what can we expect on Friday? They're not a – they're not – they've got one game. What They've won one game. They're they are not your typical one-win team. They're a good football team with huge kids up inside at DT. They play a little bit of offense also. If they get their hands on you, whether it be O or D, you're going to have problems. So you're going to have to have a plan for the, that size up inside. They got a great running back. Uh, he plays a little wildcat down there. Quarterback throws a good ball, and they confuse the heck out of you with all the pulling. And the, they're like a spread slash wing T team that, you know, if you're at your eyes looking in the backfield, you're going to be lost, and they're going to be up the field on you. So we're going to have to be very, very disciplined defensively. Well, definitely, Coach, I want to thank you for coming on. Congratulations again on the big victory over Lafayette on Friday. I um, want to thank you again for coming on, Coach, every single week, and uh, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Hey, Cliff, I really appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week again. Always a pleasure to have camera coach Jeff Wallace on. Now, we did also have an opportunity to talk with Bitten coach Kevin Keaton. He'll offer his scouting report on the Camber Dragons, and we'll look back on their game last week against St. Pius. Here's our interview with Coach Kevin Keaton of the Cardinals. Right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 8 pregame show. we got Bitten Car Cardinal head coach Kevin Keaton with us. How you doing, coach? Doing really good, Cliff. Doing good. Yeah, glad to hear, coach. Um, coach, um, 
Tough night on the scoreboard Friday night against St. Pius. Um, Coach, just walk us through the game real quick. Oh, my. Well, that's the best team in the MEC. And my hat is off to them. My hat is off to, to Coach Simone. And I said that to him and his kids after the game, you know, tip of the hat. Um, we, we looked like we just got off of a two-week break. Uh, but they had a lot to do with that. That was a team that did not have any weaknesses. And, and we, the places where we, our strengths, um, we didn't play our best. And, and some of the matchups that we thought, hey, this may go our way. That night they didn't. That night they didn't. Um, seven's the best quarterback in the, in the league. He is. Their quarterback 14 is the best the best receiver in in well he'll probably be a Fontana winner which is the the, the smaller school version of the Simone award in Kansas City and in the region they're just a really good team they're a really good team they don't have a lot of weaknesses well, Coach, uh, you got an opportunity to move on this week. Final two weeks of the regular season are at home for you guys, starting with this week against Cameron. Um, talk about what you've seen from the Dragons so far on film. Um, give a little bit of the scouting report, and uh, what can we expect on Friday? Well, uh, Coach Wallace has done a really good job there. That was uh, that was a team maybe that, that was a little bit directionless a couple years ago. And for a little bit before that, um, th- those kids that are s- seniors now have been playing since they were freshmen and sophomores, have been playing significant time at the varsity level. So they've been baptized in fire. Their quarterback is also number seven. He is a, he is a, he's a gritty, gritty kid. Um, He's got a lot of he's got a lot of moxie to him. He makes them go. Uh, Wallace will put a bunch of eye candy in front of kids, and um, and sometimes it tells the truth, and sometimes it don't tell the truth. So at the end of the day, you got to match up to personnel because sometimes it's counter, and sometimes it's counter, but it ain't counter, and sometimes it's this, and sometimes it's that. And um, you got to stop seven. You got to stop their quarterback. He makes them go. So we've got a game plan, and we've been able to work on that game plan for two days. We'll continue to get better at it. Uh, we're at home, and it's an MEC game, and it's a team that our kids are very familiar with. And we're back. We've been. We were. We were COVID quarantined for two weeks. And went against the buzzsaw. Um, our kids are resilient. They'll put their best foot forward. I really, really believe that. Um, we need, right now we're sitting fifth in a 17 district. So we need to make some magic happen uh, these next two weeks to keep climbing in the district standings. One of our goals every year is to host week 10. To host week 10, you've got to be seated two, three, or four. And right now we're seated fifth. 
So we need to do some things um, over the next two weeks to, to change that. So with that being said, we got an opportunity this Friday against a good football team to put our best foot forward. And we're hoping that happens. Well, Coach, I think it's going to be a good football game. Um, again, I want to thank you so much again for taking time out of your week to talk a few minutes about your kids and talk a few minutes about Benton football. And um, good luck to you and your kids on Friday. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure to speak with Benton Coach Kevin Keaton. Cardinals at the Drag. Cardinals of the Dragons this Friday night at Benton. Now, this is the big game in the MEC that we're going to be previewed this week. It's the Highway 71 Showdown. We got Maryville and Savannah this week. This has been a big football game here the past couple of years here. Maryville has won every single game since 2012. The last Savannah win came in 2011. That was the year the Savages made the um, semifinals where they came up short against Webb City there. So, you know, Coach Kopecky are going to have those kids ready to try to win this big game against Maryville. Now, before we talk to Coach Kopecky, we had an opportunity to talk with Maryville Coach Matt Webb. We talked about last week's game against Lincoln Prep, which, by the way, they were our Week 17 of the week with that performance. We'll talk about that, and we'll give his thoughts on the Highway 71 showdown and this week's game against Savannah. Here's our interview with Maryville Spoofound Coach Matt Webb right now. And we're here on the Week 8 pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We got Maryville Coach Matt Webb back with us. How you doing, Coach? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Um, Coach, um, you were in our Week 7 team of the week based on your perform- your team's performance against Lincoln Prep, a 49-10 victory against a really good Blue Tiger football team. Just walk us through the game. Well, it was one of those situations where it's a totally unique environment playing uh, down at their place on blue turf and um, six o'clock start time, which is a little different for high school football and, and um, just the whole week leading up to it, um, you know, being a you know non-MEC game out of our conference schedule. And we've known, you know, this wasn't a COVID-related game. We've known these guys, we signed a contract with them back in the spring to fill the void that Bishop LeBlanc left when they left two years ago. So we, we signed a contract with uh, Lincoln College Prep and um, really just uh, was really proud of the way our kids, you know, handled, uh, you know, the, the trip and, the, um, you know, kind of the buildup and the excitement of a game and, and knowing that they're a class four team that's a top five team and um, our schedule that we've played this year and with COVID when picking up Odessa last week and just I mean, our kids are ready to play. And we talked about, you know, finishing our regular season with a gauntlet, you know, and that was class three defending state champs in Odessa. And then uh, class four, Lake College Prep, class four, Savannah, class four, Lafayette. So um, giddy up and let's go all in and and play that gauntlet of a schedule. And um, so I was really happy with the way our kids came out, um, executed great at the beginning, uh, went right down the field and scored, um, ended up going up 14 to nothing, uh, had an our, we were driving again on offense in the first half to make it 21 nothing. Our quarterback threw an interception. We had an individual, Caden Steckline, that sprinted about 80 yards and tackled uh, the, the returner inside the five-yard line um, as he was getting ready to score. And, and then that led our defense to get a kind of a goal line stand and hold him to a field goal there. And if anybody's watched and knows anything about Lincoln College Prep and their quarterback, who's about 6'2", 285, anytime they've – Gotten the ball inside the five, it's kind of been a foregone conclusion that he's going to bulldoze his way in the end zone. But our our defense held him to a field goal, uh, so it's 14-3. to three. We ended up scoring on a 
beautiful touchdown pass from Connor Drake to Caleb Chrysler, kind of a, a ballet one step, you know, touch into the end zone 21-3 at halftime. Um, came out in the opening drive of the third quarter. Uh, they scored to make it uh, 21-10. We answered, make it 28-10. Um, and then they were getting ready to drive and, and answer, and we ended up getting a pick six. Um, uh, Caleb Chrysler tried to pick six pick six, make a probably a school record, I'm assuming, 100-yard interception return for a touchdown that I think kind of put the game away and, and um, our kids uh, responded great and, and uh, finished out the game. Well, Coach, I, I want to talk about your team's running game. Your team ran very, very well on Friday night. Talk about the way your running backs and your offensive line executed in that game. Well, I think that's what you mentioned. It, you know, um, it was about execution. It was about getting your body in the right position, about knowing – identifying fronts, identifying what a defense is doing. Um, our offensive staff has done this for a lot of years and Matt Houchin's one of the best at it and he's proven himself, uh, you know, more than capable of, of seeing what a defense is doing and understanding how to attack it with a wing T style offense. And um, just really proud of the way they executed. And, um, you know, like, like I said, it starts up front and that, that defensive front from uh, Lincoln College Prep, maybe going to division one schools, but um, in, in college, but at the high school level, you know, our, our guys did a really good job of, of, of handling them and, and maintaining the line, controlling the line scrimmage. Well, coach, let's talk about the, let's talk about this week's game. It's the highway 71 showdown. Um, it's at Savannah. Uh, this savage team is playing. Um, they've been playing pretty good football since they got off quarantine several weeks ago. Been undefeated since, but you guys have been playing really well too. This has been a huge game the past couple of years. Talk about what you see from the 2020 Savage team and what can we all expect on Friday? Well, I think you can expect a rivalry game. You know, it, it's, it doesn't mean you throw the records out, you throw how well you've played the last couple of weeks, uh, whether it's coming back from COVID or, you know, picking up different games or all that stuff doesn't matter. This is Maryville versus Savannah. Um, they've got a very physical, very good group of kids and, and coach Kopecky's done an outstanding job from what I've seen being new and adjusting some schemes. And certainly this is a year of, you know, you know, kind of who knows what's going to happen, just all the, the COVID stuff and, and the uncertainty week to week. So I'm very impressed with what the, the product Savannah's putting on the field. They, they've had some really good wins um, and uh, it'll be a very, uh, very good contest from everything I can tell. I definitely agree with that. It's been it's been definitely one of the year's biggest games for the past several years. It's always one of the best rivalries out there. Um, Coach, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on, and um, congratulations on winning Team of the Week and your guys' performance last Friday night. And um, good luck to you and your kids on Friday. Good. Since we're Team of the Week, does that come with, like, some gift certificates somewhere or something or, like, a trophy? I, or what, what is the Team of the Week get? I think um, – might be able to arrange something maybe might be able to arrange something some type so, of um, maybe traveling to... traveling trophy or pizza hut <laughs> buffets or something you know anytime high school guys always like some i was i was thinking about doing something to the work so definitely gonna have to reconsider that for the future definitely for sure but right now it's just uh it's just an award i give out on twitter right now definitely being impressed by team's performances every single week and well, you guys I was just trying definitely... to, I was just trying to help all the other Annies out, uh, you know, <laughs> teams out going forward. That at least Coach Webb stepped up and put uh, it on the podcast. So put it out there. Definitely going to be in the works. So, um, Coach, uh, we'll get something in the works very, very soon. Congratulations to you and your team last week, and good luck to your boys against Savannah. Thank you, Clifton. Appreciate it. A huge thank you to Maryville Coach Matt Webb for providing us that interview. He comes on every single week. Definitely appreciate that, Coach. Now we also have an opportunity to talk with Head Coach Kevin Kapecki. 
We talk about their last game against Chilla Coffee and his scouting report on the Maryville Spoof Hounds. Here's our interview with Kevin Kopecki right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 8 pregame show. We got Savannah coach Kevin Kopecki back with us. How you doing, coach? Doing well, Clifton. How are you? I'm doing all right, coach. Um, your fourth straight win. You get a, a big win on your first road trip of the year. It gets Chilla Coffee, 37 to 8. Uh, just uh, walk us through the game. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're really 100% ready to go when we got off the bus. Uh, we had a little trouble getting focused. Uh, they played real well the first half. We were only up 7 nothing at halftime, but uh, we got uh, made a few little adjustments at halftime. We did a little better job with some of our skill guys on offense, and our defense played pretty well the whole night. So uh, we just expected a little bit more, and the kids really did a good job and responded in the third quarter especially, and we jumped on them pretty good. And, uh, it was a big road win for us, like you said. Well, Coach, um, let's not waste any more time. Um, this week, um, you're going to get your first taste of the um, Highway 71 um, showdown. Um, it's at home this week. You guys are back at home against Maryville. Um, Spoofout's playing really good football here lately. Um, talk about what you've seen, um, the scouting report on Maryville, and um, what can we expect on Friday? You know, yeah, they're a great football team. As everyone knows, they've dominated the MEC for the last nine or ten years. Uh you know, the, the rivalry, if it's a rivalry, has been a little bit one-sided. I don't know. I've, I've kind of challenged our kids. You know, if we don't ever win the thing, I don't know how you can call it a rivalry. You know, we got to get to where it's kind of like Texas, Oklahoma, anything can happen. You know, they've kind of owned us the last uh, decade, as they have a lot of teams in the conference. Um, you mentioned, you know, what you see when you look at those guys on film and what kind of football team they have there. It's just a great program. Coach Webb and their coaches run up there. We have a ton of respect for them. Um, I know the two communities only being 30 miles apart, it's a pretty natural uh, thing to have a rivalry with them. Um, they've got a lot of what we want. They've got state championships. They have a great program. They really have things rolling year in and year out. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people would like to be like them. Well, absolutely, Coach. I think it's going to be a tremendous ball game on Friday night. Definitely Highway 71 showdown. Maryville and Savannah this Friday night. Uh, Coach, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Um, always a pleasure to have you on, and uh, good luck to you and the boys on Friday. Thanks. We're looking forward to it. Thanks, Clifton. A huge thank you to head Coach Kevin Kopecki of the Savannah Savages. Uh, Maryville at Savannah this Friday night. Now, the other game in the MEC that we're going to have is a little bit of a non-conference game. It's Kansas City East visiting Chillicothe. So that's going to be a game there, an opportunity for the Hornets to get their first win of the regular season. Now, before we end this segment, we always have an opportunity to talk with Kinky Two's Chris Roush. We run down the big games of the week. We recap Week 7 and so much more. Here's Kinky Two's Chris Roush right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 8 pregame show. we got KQ2's Chris Roush back with us. Chris, how you doing? Pretty good, Clifton. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing good, doing good. Are you excited for this week? Um, Chris, I know you, me, um, you, me, everybody's old brother, sister, grandma was at Gower last week. Um, talk about the recap from that and um, anything else in Week 7 that stuck out to you. Um, you know, it's one of those rivalry games where you come out in the first uh, quarter, first first quarter or so, and Midbuck Eastbuck kind of trading punches there. Uh, Midbuck scored, East Buchanan came back, and you know the Bulldogs tried to slow down the tempo a little bit, and it worked for a while. Um, they, they held on the football, they they let the play clock wind down a little bit, and they, they run the play, and it was working. I mean, they were able to contain a little bit, but then Mid Buchanan just how good offensively they are, and their defense is just 
it's hard for teams to slow them down for four quarters, and that's what East Buchanan ran into last week. East Buchanan, a very good football team this year. It's just mid-Buchanan's year right now. I mean, that, there's a reason why they're the number one team in the state, and they, they showed it again this past week. Well, Chris, I think um, – well, I think that's definitely a good case there. You know, mid-Buck, you know, I thought easily that was their biggest test of the season so far. They passed it with flying colors. Um Let's talk about some of this week. You know, we got a big game this week. We got um the Highway 71 showdown. Um, a place uh, Maryville in Savannah. It's at Savannah, a place that uh my friend Lance Snow. I'll give Lance Snow a shout out. Shout out Lance. Um, Lance used to call it the black hole, is what we used to call it here on Football Tonight. Um, talk about this rivalry a little bit. The uh, the two twenty the two twenty 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 version of it. Yeah, you know, it's one of the um, interesting matchups this year, I think. You have Savannah, you have Maryville there that Savannah didn't play for two weeks. And they were off for a little bit. Maryville's had some injury issues. They've also had some COVID-19-related issues early in the year. But now I think both these teams are, I think, close to 100% as far as I know. They're, they're ready to go. Um, Coach Kopecki, and this is his first year with Savannah, and you know, you play one game, I think, and then next two weeks you're off. And, I mean, that's that's no way to get a program, you know, rolling in your first year as the head coach. But it's out of their control. It's out of everybody's control at that point. Matt Webb, phenomenal job at Maryville the last decade pretty much. So, in this game, you know, you go back to last year. Um, you pull it up here. It's 28-14. Savannah and Maryville are probably two the best two teams in um, – the MEC last year, I blanked for a second. The MEC, um, very good, both very good football teams last year. Maryville came out and got the 28-14 victory at home. This year it's at Savannah. And this is one of those rivalry games that Maryville's won the last several years. I mean, Maryville's had control of it since, well, I think most of the Matt Webb era has been, you go back to 2018, um, let me pull it up here. It's 41-7 Maryville. You go back down to 2017. 14 to 3 Maryville 2016 it is 64 nothing Maryville that's when kind of Savannah was completely trying to rebuild its program I mean they, they were good for several years and they they had a couple down years in there but now they're back toward the top of the Midland Empire Conference so th this is a, a game where Pius is still at the top right now but this is one of those hard-nosed football games that you want to see a Maryville Savannah it's a rivalry game Everything you want here at week eight, because we're just this week and then next week, that's how close we are to getting the district play. Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait to discuss this. We'll definitely be talking about that within the next week or two a lot more. Um, Chris, um, we're going to preview. We got Cameron and Bitten coming up this week. One of the results that always stuck out to me last week was Cameron's um, win over Lafayette, especially though the last second interception they got really to seal that win. And just how great of a win that was for the Dragons. They go to Bitten with that win to build on. Talk about that game a little bit. Yeah, so, you know, Cameron's, you know, this is year number 200, Jeff Wallace. And Jeff Wallace is a former coach of Central for many years. He was at Plattsburgh for a year. And now he's getting this Cameron program to buy into what his coaching staff is doing. Um, it, it's well documented. There were some down years for Cameron. I mean, you, Clifton, you remember the mid-2000s. Cameron, one of the best teams in the area. Uh, you had the Drew Newhart era. I mean, guys like that, Aaron Fritz, if we want to pull him into that mix as well. Absolutely. Uh, on, the, on those Cameron Dragon teams in the 2000s. 
this is, I guess, another step toward getting back into the mix in the MEC because for the last couple of years, they haven't been toward that top of the MEC. I mean, it's been a struggle for Cameron, but they've fought through it. They've worked through it. They're, they're four and three right now heading in, you know, to this week, week number eight, and they've had to deal with some COVID-19 related issues too with quarantining. And I, I think you saw that, especially against Savannah in that game. I think they were down some guys. Um, but yeah, they're, they're four and three, you know, you get a win at, you go to Benton, Benton's coming off loss to St. Pius, who right now is the record wise, the best team in the MEC when they're undefeated, Benton coming back. That's their first game back after being, you know, in quarantine for two weeks. So Benton probably shaking a little bit of rust off, but they're also excited to get back out there too. Um, the, the welcome a Dragons team in here that, that is very much improved and continues to improve each week. Oh, absolutely. A little side note on the um, 2005 Cameron Dragons. We're going to have something playing here on the Cliff Notes podcast very soon involving that 2005 Cameron team. But on the 2020 now, because that's what we're focused on here. Um, Chris, we got a couple big eight-man games. I know that you vote on the eight-man poll every single week. Um, we got a couple top ten matchups. We got um, North Andrew hosting Worth County this week. That's number one versus number ten. And we also have East Atchison and Stanberry. Number seven at number four. Um, talk about those two games and uh, really just how just how a great eight man football. It seems like there's a big game in eight man football every single week. Yeah, so you you look at eight man football this year, and I think it's probably as wide open as it's been in several years. Um, and, and that's saying there's just a lot of good teams this year. I mean, most years you probably know going in there's probably two or three dominant teams, and then you have probably another handful of, of good to great teams and you have the next level of, you know, some teams that, you know, good, you know, they're getting there. They're still building any of the teams that are trying to rebuild or get back to that top. So, I mean, this year though, I know that poll we do and everything, it, it's so hard to do that because you look at the win losses, you're like, Oh, okay. Like I'll, I'll use Mount city as an example of that. Um, they've had injury issues the last two weeks. But you look at a media poll, and media polls mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. Like, nothing. They're just fun for us to do. Um, and Mount City's at number nine right now. But they had some injury issues. I mean, and Landon Papa, one of the best players in eight-man football. I mean, not having him, that, that kind of hurt for a little bit. But North Andrew right now, they're healthy. They're the top. Southwest Livingston, they're a good football team. But those two games you talk about, North Andrew, Worth County. Worth County's been dealing with COVID-19-related quarantining issues. My last couple of weeks, too. They didn't play last week. Their game against Pattonsburg. So they didn't have a game last week. And then you look at Stanbury, East Atchison. East Atchison, this 4-1 and one in the year. They haven't played a couple of weeks either this season. Um, you know, they're 4-1. and one. Stanbury is coming off an overtime victory over in North Shelby. Uh, that, that's another good matchup. And now we're starting to get to the point to where what does this mean for these districts? I mean, you look at the districts in eight-man football, and there's a, a couple districts in there that you're going to have to beat each other up in order to get anywhere. I mean, you look at District 3, you have the likes of North Andrew, Pattonsburg, South Holt, Nottoy Holt, three of the top teams. Bishop of Blonde's been playing pretty good football the last couple of weeks. King City's always been in games this year. Um, just, just teams like that. And, and you look at District 4, you have Stanbury, East Atchison, Worth County. Uh, Mound City, Albany, Albany. I want to talk about them real quick, Clifton, if you don't mind. Al Albany is a, a team that um, 
They have lost by four points to Stanbury. They lost by 22 to Mountain City. They lost by two points to Worth County. They lost by four points to North Andrew. So they lost by four to Stanbury, two to Worth County, four to North Andrew. Outside of that Mountain City game, they haven't lost by more than four points in a game this year. That's how close Albany is to being. Instead of two and four, they easily could be five and one if just a couple of things go their way on those three games. That's just, you know, how football works. I mean, we've seen it across high school football and everywhere else that it's a game of inches, game of plays, one bad play here or, you know, what one play doesn't go your way. It, it just – that's how it ends up. And right now Albany's two and four, but I think they're a really good football team here down the stretch. I'll tell you what, I was following that game all night on the sideline, and um, there was a thought of me. There was a thought. I was like, are these guys going to pull the upset? They, they, yeah. Go ahead. And, and they're, and they're a really good football team. I, I think we, we sometimes get stuck in the win loss records, but that, that's a team that's, you know, right there. I mean, they, they're, they're on the cusp. I mean, two and four usually don't think so, but that's a team that is just plays away from, you know, being right there at the top. And districts, with everybody making the postseason, it kind of just – it's a new season. It, it just starts over. I mean, you may draw a really bad first-round matchup that you don't like, but you still have a chance. Everybody gets to make it. Everybody gets a chance. It's going to make it fun here in a couple of weeks. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been telling Devin, I've been telling Anthony and the boys, I was like, man, this is going to be a fun postseason in eight-man football. I think it's going to be one of the funnest postseasons probably we've ever had. As far as eight-man football, you look at, you know, the, the how good the Grand River Conference is. And uh, Devin talked about that. Every single team in the Grand River Conference at least received a vote in the poll. And, you know, you got some teams in the Highway 275 right there, too. And you got some of those other teams, you know, that we don't even get to see, like, you know, the Drexels and the, um, the North Shelbys and the Archies and those teams. Like, this is going to be really, really fun. You know, I got a feeling, you know, playoffs, this is – this is going to be fun. You know, we're going to be really sinking our teeth into some really good football in the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. It's going to be fun down the stretch here, and then we finally get to the postseason. Oh, absolutely. Um, Chris Roush, um, anything you want to plug um, before we get out of here? Well, for the first time in a couple of weeks, we'll be going on at 1035 for football tonight. Uh, we've got the NBA Finals uh, the last two Friday nights, so that'll be a little bit different to go back instead of 1135 or 1115 or whatever it's been. I don't, I don't know at this point. But we'll be back at 10.35 this Friday night. So we'll have highlights from probably about 11, I say this, and let's hope it happens, 11 to 12 games from Friday night. So should be a really good show and you know, just a, a lot of fun putting that thing together. Oh, absolutely. You can catch up Chris and Adam on um, football tonight, 10.35 this week on KQ2. Um, Chris, I want to thank you so much every single week for coming on the show. And uh, good luck to you and your crew to, on Friday. Thanks, my man. To keep up the great work, you're doing a lot of good work for everybody in the area, and we appreciate it, and we love listening to it. Definitely a huge thank you to Chris Roush. Definitely appreciate you coming on the show every single week. Also, thank you so much to Danny Maggart, Troy Shank, Reggie Trotter, Chuck Davis, Eric McDowell, Jeff Wallace, Kevin Keaton, Matt Webb, Kevin Kopecky, and Chris Roush. Thank you all for coming on the show for this segment. Now, in the second segment, we're going to be doing the KCI, the GRC. We'll run down the Missouri State rankings. We'll hear from Mid-Buchanan head coach Aaron Fritz. We'll talk with East Buchanan head coach Dan Ritter. We'll talk to Lawson coach Todd Dunn about his 200th win and more. And we'll preview the big game of the GRC, South Harrison at Princeton. And 
We'll visit our, our good friend Chris Ward at our KKWK Regional Radio 100.1. All that and so much more in the second segment of the Week 8 pregame show here on the Cliff Notes Podcast.